<laughs> God damn it. Uh, now back with that new wet dog smell. Crawling out of the South Florida <laughs> swamps, apparently smelling like a new dog. Wet dog. It's Saturday Night Lit. I'm your Captain Brunch. And I'm the guy flinging his doo-doo. Chimp. Duck while you still can. Chimp, it's been it's been such a long time. I know, it feels like ages. How you doing, Chimp? Eons. Doing all right. My mouth is a little burning. I just had some spicy lentils. Spicy lentils. You like them lentils, don't you? Yeah, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of onion, and a little bit of hot pepper. And how do you, like, you just boil them? Yeah, I just boil them, and then you um, saute the onion and everything else together, and then I just mix them together. That sounds nice. Pretty easy and inexpensive. That's good. You know, lentils are supposed to be pretty good for you. They help with the poop. Yeah. Man, you know, when you're flinging poop, it needs to be nice and firm. So. Be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be, yeah, because you don't want to pick up like a big wet turd and then get your hand all dirty and stuff. Yes, exactly. I can totally feel that. Got to prepare for war, but. So, you know, since the last time we've spoken, actually, it's been a month since this particular thing happened, but this. What? This thing happened where. Oh. I'm not saying since the last time we spoke, I'm saying a thing happened. I ran out of space on Google. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Well, that's your first problem. You still have Google. I know, right? Well, it's, so it's going to be real hard now to get off Google. Now, well, it shouldn't be real hard, but now I'm, I'm actually I'm paying them for more space. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! Like, what are you paying for exactly? I'm paying a dollar ninety nine for, I guess it's a hundred gigs of space. It's kind of it's, I don't know what to tell you about that. It's uh, like what do you have on there? Pictures. That's... It's mostly Google, it's fo- it's like Google Photos. Okay. You know, like I'm, it's like I'm constantly taking pictures and videos for work, and so it just like oh. fills up my. And they used to they used to give you like unlimited, um, like photos on Google Photos as long as you would like downgrade the quality to like some certain sort of standard that they had, and I guess they reversed that at some point. So it's like, huh. yeah, they have original and high quality. <laughs> yeah. So so now I've got like you know so I I I filled up 15 gigs and. And then I had to make this decision. It's like, am I just gonna like let my Google services fail right here, right now, right in front of me, or am I going to cave in and uh, go against everything that I believe just to be able to maintain my convenience? And so, of course, convenience won out. And you know, there's a guy who has a Start Nine <laughs> and an Umbral, and why can't you just leave the pictures on your phone and then every week put them onto your computer? That takes time. And it's time that I just spend doing other things. Face palm. Face palm. Hard face palm, but yeah. And I've actually been, uh, you know, I've actually been keeping up with my YouTube playlist. So, you know, like I feel, I feel like I'm kind of on top of things despite, you know, like not making progress on certain things, but, but at least I'm, I'm, I'm up to date on my YouTube playlist. So if I were to stop paying for YouTube music or... Would you start paying for it or I don't know what I would do. It would, it, I would, I would get to some point where I probably have like a crisis. All those ads are really going to eat up a lot of your time. I would, I would have some kind of a crisis, you know, I don't know what I would do. Breakdown, meltdown, nuclear war. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe I'm going to have to like express my second amendment rights 
<laughs> shoot your computer. <laughs> no, shoot the world for inconveniencing me. How dare you? How dare you put ads in my anything? Thank you, Chimp. I appreciate being on your family plan. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I'm drinking this Celsius. What? It says no sugar, but I got I got to like how do you get energy from something? Oh, it says no sugar, but it doesn't say zero calories. I didn't actually look at that part. Oh, come on. It's like stevia. It's only got 10 calories. But then, so how does stevia work? You know, like how does something have energy without having energy? It has calories. It just has a very minimal amount of calories versus sugar. So <sighs> it's like the, it's so potent that you need very, very <laughs> tiny amounts. So potent. Yeah. There's no high fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives, no artificial colors or flavors, but seven essential vitamins Ooh. proven in six published university studies. <laughs> Man, these people are really pushing their propaganda. It's a pretty popular drink. I mean, um, I mostly ignored it until one day I was like at the store. Like, yeah, let me try it. I mean, you Damn. say it's going to it's gonna make me stay up all night, right? Well, I don't think you're a caffeine person, so yeah, I probably will. I'm not a caffeine person. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm a little more, um, what's the word? Caffeinated? <laughs> Caffeinated, desensitized. There's another word for it. Um, uh, toler- you have a high yeah, caffeine high tolerance. tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, chimp. You know, we got to get you into rehab. Ca- caffeine rehab. That's okay. I had some coffee this morning. I got up and... Uh, Ooh, you want some candy? Want coffee candy from Colombia? Pass me that bag. Yeah. So I've had this for years. Uh-oh. <laughs> to all of those of you listening from home or your car or the club. If they find my body... <laughs> No, it's because I had these years old coffee candy. No, they're still good. It's just... Yes, they're still good. This came with something else inside and I thought it was just a decorative piece. Like, oh, it's a nice little decorative piece. It makes it look like there's um, like there's coffee in there, coffee beans. Sugar never goes bad. And then one day someone was like, no, you idiot. There's fucking candy in here. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been enjoying these. Imp has been enjoying them. Why don't you throw one at me the way you throw your This is what it hoops. was. Because it's like one of those giant... Yeah, it's like a giant um, canvas bag, but it's a tiny. And mm-hmm. it's like not canvas. What is it? I just never loosened this. Here, you can get your own candy. Straw bag. Motherfucker. <laughs> Had it. Super Coco. Or you can have that one. That's that's great. He gets the one he doesn't like and he forces it on me. You Brazilians and your cocos. This is coconut? This is super coco. Oh, I would said imagine. Was, you said it was coffee candy. I know, me too. Where's the coffee candy? <laughs> yeah, me too. But this doesn't even make sense. This yeah, you cherry. too. <laughs> anyway, so, so... Sometimes you need a second pair of eyes uh-huh. to find the true treasure in life. So I... Uh, UPS, like I missed a UPS delivery and so they took it to like the local UPS store. And so I got up this morning here. I, I got, now I got the coffee, the coffee candy. So I got up this morning and I went to the UPS store and I got there at like 9.51. Take it for your mom. Okay. 
anyway, so I got up at like 9.51. I mean, I got there at 9.51, and they, were, they weren't open till 10. And, yeah. And it's right next to El Rinconcito. So I'm like, ah, whatever. Let me have breakfast. So it's like this little Argentinian... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Just, uh, you know, why don't you just like rip the Band-Aid off? <coughs> it's so annoying when like people, like they have these crunchy ch- these crunchy plastics and then they try to go so slow thinking that it's going to be more quiet and then it just makes more noise for longer. <laughs> well, it reminds everyone that it's an actual item and not just a jingle. <laughs> yeah, so in any case, so I had, you know, I had a nice little breakfast. It was like fried eggs with on top of French fries with bacon and sausage and a, I don't know, like a, a bread, a bread. It's not like a roll. Like what would you call like a long, like a hoagie kind of bread? Yeah. Like a hoagie. Okay, it's like, like a, a hoagie it's like a mini French bread, but not French. Yeah. So that was pleasant. You know, I hadn't done that in a while. I hadn't had, like, do you ever, do you ever go out and just like treat yourself to like a little meal and just enjoy your meal? You mean like <clears throat> the New York grilled cheese I had the other day? <laughs> yeah, well, just tell me about that. So which one did you get? They're open till four if you want to go. Oh, God. Where are they? You said they're in... Um, Wilton Manors. Wilton Manors. Mm-hmm. Turned into an interesting night. So what <laughs> So what, what, what kind of grilled cheese did you get? I'll look it up now. Are you we know. talking about grilled cheese? <laughs> well, because, uh, you you know, you mentioned that you had eaten at a place called New... You know, not sponsored... New York grilled cheese.com. And, and you know, and I haven't had a grilled cheese in a long time, but uh, you know, I could be a fan of a grilled cheese. So I'll tell the story. My friend, you know, when when Mal and I moved out of the house, we had a lot of shit we had to get rid of. One of those things we were getting rid of was a giant easel mm-hmm. for art. So I never found someone to take it. So it's just been sitting at, at our house. What do you mean, like giant? A big easel. Did you, did you ever see the giant easel? That I don't think so. Okay, so it's a big easel. That's we're putting like painting, like a canvas. To, yeah, to paint. So the other day at work, my friend was like, "Oh, how much does an easel cost?" <laughs> really? You want one? Because I got one. So she lives over there. I want to go drop it off. I was like, "What's what's good around here?" I'm hungry. Grilled cheese. Like grilled cheese. What the fuck? Like there's a restaurant dedicated to grilled cheese. Really? course there is all right whatever i'll try it fuck yeah that shit's <laughs> awesome i want to go back and try everything oh, we're such Holy typical shit. americans we love these indulgent so foods i had the harlem hot here it is there's a vegan version which sounds disgusting but it was what was it i was just chicken and spices and cheese keep it simple like, tell me about the bread. Like, what was the bread like? It was really toasty. Mm-hmm. It was like, like it was done on a waffle iron or something. Yeah. So I was noticing in the like on the website, everything looked like it was pressed in a waffle iron. So it all looked like it was waffle. Yeah, I, I thought the same. Like, oh, this better be good bread. It was good bread. It was like nice and toasty, crispy. It held everything together. It wasn't super messy. And they're open until 4 a.m. All the clubs in Wilton Manor's close at 2 a.m. So that's probably like they probably like collect all of the the drunks as they're leaving the the clubs. <laughs> that was the success of Steve's Pizza. And they were open until four in the morning, and everyone wanted fucking greasy pizza at three, four in the morning. Oh God! Like you know, people still mention Steve's Pizza sometimes in my company, and I have to cringe. I mean, it's not like I think they're bad pizza. 
They're just not good. Yes. You know, you understand. <laughs> you understand. I just explained the reason why people enjoy it so much. Yeah, I know. I know. And I haven't been that kind of a person in a long time. So I think when I was that kind of a person, I could have appreciated it a lot more than I do now. Can't you just support local business? Yeah, but I would rather support like, um, uh, what is it? Um, is it Tony's East Side? I think it's it's East Side Pizza. I think it's called Tony's East Side Pizza. That's the one I I don't know why. When's the last time you had pineapple pizza? Um, it's funny enough. Did I get some? I like because in my apprenticeship class on Thursday, I like I was kind of forced to order pizzas, and so I ordered six pizzas, and one of them was pineapple. You were forced to pay for pizzas. Yeah, like, it's, uh, you know, so... You're the newbie, you gotta pay. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't like that. It was, for some reason, one day, this one guy, like, he somehow kind of tricked himself into ordering pizzas for everyone because he was supposed to get a raise at work. And and so he ordered pizzas for everyone. And then, like, the next week, another guy was like, oh, I'll order pizza for everyone. And then, like, the next week, is like, another guy was like, oh, I'll order. So, so it was kind of like a bunch of people in the class were... Or- so then for some reason, this one guy decided that he was going to keep like pushing me to be the next person to order pizza. Oh, uh, because you weren't the one who like, oh, I'll do it next. Yeah, but even though I was one who like ordered it and picked it up every single time, like so I was working even though I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't like paying for it, but I was doing the, the work for it. Uh, but in any case, so finally came time for me to order, even though there was one guy who wasn't in class, so that kind of made me sad, like uh, um. It was an interesting place. It was in it was in in downtown Fort Lauderdale, and it's called Munchies Pizza Club, and they've got kind of like they got a bunch of like traditional pizzas, and they also have a bunch of eighties themed pizzas, and it's kind of like an eighties arcade Munchies themed. Pizza Barcade. I see it. It's yeah. a barcade, or it's a, why did I say barcade? It's a barcade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a barcade. But so. so I, I went over there. It's supposed to open at five, and I went over there to go order, and it wasn't open. Like it wasn't open, but then, like as I was about to like leave, this girl in the bar next door was like, "Oh, are you trying to order there? You you'd have to order it here because they're doing renovations." So anyway, so I had to order like at the bar next door. They have dog friendly pizza. Yeah, isn't that weird? That's fucking dumb. <laughs> I want to go try it. He, he wants to go try the dog friendly pizza. Um. What was the point of the story? I don't remember. But anyway, so I, I did have uh, pineapple pizza on Thursday. So <laughs> No Agenda Show has been talking about pineapple pizza. I don't remember the last time I had pineapple pizza. But this is how well influence <laughs> it works. I was like, I want pineapple pizza now. It took two shows, but it got me. Yeah, see? so I ordered pineapple pizza last night. Yeah, from where? Which apparently uh, Latin people call. Latin people? Yeah, I realized that Spanish people don't like being called, not they don't like being called Hispanics, but in Spanish, they prefer to say Latino Mm -hmm. rather than Hispano. Okay. So that's why I said Latin people. So people from Central and South America (laughs) (laughs) call it Napolitana pizza. Napolitano. Yes. I don't know why. That's 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 just a cheese and tomato pizza, right? That's what I fucking said, but apparently... Two different independent sources say that's what it's called. Well, I mean, I think it also has to do with like the thickness of the dough 
and the like the way that the the tomato and the cheese are spread and stuff like this things are very regional you know well these people i think are um argentinian or uruguayan uh-huh. piccolo pizza it's in north miami pretty good i liked it well, that's interesting. Have I said? Have I mentioned that I want to eat Brazilian pizza all the fucking time? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta finally do it. There's like, there's like two places that will sell Brazilian pizza, and I still haven't gone to a single one of them. I mean, I don't eat pizza that often. All right, let's move off the food topic. Food, <laughs> are you are you still hungry? No, I'm not hungry. I just want to. I don't want to talk about food anymore. Okay. All right. Fine. I've reached maximum food capacity. Maximum food capacity in my head. I want to buy a boom stand that holds the microphone that like connects to your table. So there's two. There's one that clamps, and there's one you actually drill into the fucking table. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to getting booms that to this table. I mean, this is kind of a piece of shit table. Yeah. Not a piece of shit table, but... Yeah, see, like, I'm not necessarily against the idea of getting... Because, like, I just feel like that is going to be the stronger... The stronger table. I mean, the stronger, like, you know, thing. Whereas just clamping it in, I feel like it's not as strong. Of and course. then the clamp over time can, like, loosen. And, then, you know, so... Uh, I just... And, and they sell them for, like, 150 170 bucks, And I'm like... I feel like I just can't trust it. Like I don't. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be strong. But then I see them on all these TV shows or all these podcasts and stuff. So, like, well, the thing is, if you're not going to be moving the mic a lot, you can use the clamp. Like I would be fine with a clamp, but you constantly touch the fucking mic, and you would want to move it around. So I would definitely get. I would want to move it around. Like I recently yeah. saw someone record a video where they kind of like they had the camera already filming and it was like filming their couch or their seat or something. And there was a, a microphone in the in the field of view. And the guy sits down and he grabs the microphone and he like pulls it to his mouth. So it was like obviously on a kind of boom stand that had maybe like two points of articulation at least. And and then I just all I could think of was, man, like, I wish I could grab a microphone stand like that and pull a microphone towards me. And I it, don't, because that's going to introduce microphone. I mean, I get that. I get it. I be, it's man, just, I'd rather just... You just don't get it. Like, the way I, the, the way I treat mics is with fucking respect. Like, I'm with not going to touch you. The mic is set up. It's good there. There's a reason why we chose this spot. <laughs> Let's not fucking move it. Oh, but, you know, like, the, but performance, man, you know? Like, yeah. there's sometimes, you know, sure, you, I get there's it. the emotion and the... You're so dismissive. Yeah, I get it. Okay, yeah, Kara. Because this is a video okay, podcast. Because this is a video podcast. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. There's been someone who's been, like, telling me that they want to do video production for the podcast. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, I'm used to like setting up mics for like an amp or for drums. And then when people walk by and move it, I'm like, dude, are you fucking serious? You know how much time I spent doing that? <laughs> like how much and time I spent it? picking this position and this angle. Yeah. Or Duncan pissed me off the other last time we jammed. I had the, the like the, um, the mic on the couch that um, captures the whole room. And he gets excited and jumps off the fucking couch and Uh-oh. everything just goes tumbling. I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Uh-oh. Ah, speaking of music, this is going to be definitely a cold listen. I just recorded this. We're listening cold. We're listening cold, people. We're listening cold. Do it live. Let's see how it sounds. Thank you. 
doesn't sound bad for like that single recorder. It's a single recorder. That that portable one I use. Ah, I because I had the drum machine on the the speaker back there. And I was playing the bass and I put the recorder right there on on, on the blue couch. And this is great for practice because I'll just leave this playing on the speaker and then I'll just like play guitar to it. I was trying to practice the drums. I changed the bass line at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Some point soon. We got boosted. Someone just boosted us? What? <laughs> what? Anonymous via Podverse, say hi to my friend Barbara. 10,000 sats. Hey, Barbara, what's up? Hey, Barbara, thank it's you, a Anonymous. Big shout out from Anonymous to Barbara out there. Awesome. And Barbara, we do you like being called Babs? Babs. <laughs> I don't know. Every <laughs> I was watching the Titans which is a TV show on like some cable channel, but obviously I pirated it. Um, and, and, you know, there's a character in the DC universe, Barbara Gordon, yeah. daughter of Jim Gordon, who became Batgirl. So, you know, yeah. Can you sing Barbara's song? Because Barbara's worth 10,000 sats. Barbara, 10K on your name. Barbara, Barbara. it's Saturday Night Lit Barbara. and you're going insane with this beat. Barbara. With these rhythms and blues and it's I understood B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A. and you got all the time Barbara. in the world. Barbara. <laughs> this is for you. That was for you, Barbara. I hope it was worth 10,000 sets. Cause, Hell yeah. Because I feel like a whore right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do it, baby. We do it live. Yeah, so uh, live, if you want to listen to us live, you got to be listening to uh, on uh, one of the few, unfortunately, modern podcast apps that, that includes the live item tag. And those are Podverse, Podcast Addict, and CurioCaster. Um, however, if you want to send us value, you've got to send us value through a podcast player that allows the value for value, which is Podverse, Podfriend, CurioCaster, Dystopia, Fountain, Castomatic, Podstation, Breeze. And even Sphinx Chat, which uh, apparently there was an update to Sphinx recently, so good for them. Yeah, the revival of Sphinx Chat. Like, it's crazy. Good for them. Wait, so what do you call it when you send value and with a message and stuff? Boost! Boost! <laughs> yes, you boost. Boosted! Boost for that wet dog smell. Mm-mm-mm. We also had, um, from six days ago... User 4221624401062158 via Fountain. Thank you, user. Poems of Mira. Hearts, 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 hearts. LH. Kissy face. Is this Poems of Mira? 
Poems of Mira. What does that mean? Poems? I don't know. Like, we weren't even live last Poems week. Poems of so. M-I-R-A. Well, that's the thing. It's like maybe the person was, uh, is it Poems of Mirabai? Oh, Mira, better known as Mirabai and venerated as Sant Mirabai, was a 16th century Hindu mystic poet and devotee of Krishna. Hmm. She is a celebrated bhakti saint, particularly in the North Hindu tradition. Cool. Fascinating stuff. So thank you. Thank you, LH. If you want to uh, recommend a poem for us, you know, we could like read one of these poems. And that's 500 sats from LH via fountain. Ah. <laughs> uh. What was so? What's the, the the most recent episode that we have uploaded? <laughs> Why do we have to have this conversation? <laughs> because Lois was recently asking me about it, and uh, you know, and she came and saw us live, you know, in person, just to show some support. And I feel like we are. Lois her- is awesome. That's what I feel like. Lois is awesome. Lois, thank you, Lois. Thank you, Lois. You're, you know. Well, but she's never going to hear this if you never upload it because she listens on She'll hear it. Fountain. She listens that actually might be fountain. Lois. Oh, interesting. What? See, man, Lois is great, man. Lois is fantastic. Lois is our number one fan. Wait, no, it's Panda. <laughs> Whoever wants to be our number one fan, you're welcome and thank you. You have a good day. So, you know, the last time we got together, we did the podcast live in front in front of a live uh studio studio audience i guess we can call it that yes and um it was at the the temporary bitcoin grove location so that is not where bitcoin grove ultimately ended up being although it's still in the same like is it the same format like the same no it's in a different like it's in a different building in that in that plaza so um sorry what those motherfuckers what at that fucking parking place what did you get a ticket yeah but didn't we tell you not to park there i fucking paid you did pay then why don't you call them and complain because i overstayed my welcome like you didn't pay for as much time as you stayed there i got there i didn't pay immediately i paid like half an hour later oh uh uh-huh it's like it's fucking, and then they're trying to charge me fifty bucks. No, ninety bucks. I'm like, oh, but if you pay now, we'll give you fifty instead. These fucking vultures. They are vultures, that's for sure. So I'm definitely fighting it. Yeah, you should fight it. Why not? I mean, if you paid them, like you should fight it. Maybe you'll be able to get out of it. Fuck that shit. It's uh, you know, so aside from that parking lot, like there's a lot of on street parking. Um, so I definitely am recommending to people, unless they want to pay for parking, you know, to like feel safer for some reason they should definitely park on the streets uh to avoid getting ticketed by these assholes i've already been ticketed i was ticketed i I parked there for an hour and a half though but yeah they gave me like i think i paid like 67 dollars or something like that okay but i don't want to talk about your fucking parking ticket i'm sorry that you got it what did you think about doing the show there though like how did you feel about the show that was cool (laughs) Like, what did you think about having all those, um, like, random guests coming on and talking to us? I like that. That was fun. That was fun. Um, Because, you know, yeah, I think that was fun, too. Like, I liked liked having random guests. I think the Bitcoin Grove is going to be a place where there's going to be a lot of interesting random people around. I actually went there today because we decided, me and Mars 
we're talking like two weeks, no, like a week ago. And uh, he was telling me that he wanted to throw a party during the Bitcoin conference. like mm. a, Just like a, you know, like a music and chill kind of party, not a, you know, not a networking or a presentations or a class or anything like that. Just like a party. So I was kind of saying, well, you know, like we should do it at Bitcoin Grove. Uh, and so he was like, yeah. And then I think I came up with the name Pleb Day to capture the whole pleb movement in Bitcoin. So we're doing pleb day on May 18th at Bitcoin Grove. And Bitcoin Grove itself is pretty small. Like it's probably, it's probably smaller than your house. And so, you know, think about like, you can't really fit that many people, you know, into a house. I mean, you could, you know, like how many people do you like want to shove into a house? So, but yeah, I was always sorry for the people who live at the house where the house party happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like the situation that we're going to be in. It's like we could theoretically. So, you know, here's this event. And right now it's like a free event. And we're just telling people like, hey, come to Pleb Day. And we... Uh, you need a giant QR code with like, or you could just lightning, lightning, lightning. Yeah, we're going to have to have donation stuff. And, and I don't know, we're going to... Like on Sunday, I'm going to talk to Mars about sponsorship. Like maybe try to get some food, drinks or something. Because uh, he promised delicious food and drinks would be served. And I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? Delicious food and drinks would be served. Like who's serving these food and drinks? And what food and drinks are these? Um, but there should be a lot of interest because it's a free event. on this. It's like it's the day that the conference, it's going to be on a Thursday and the conference is doing industry day. So you'd have to have either like a VIP pass or an industry pass to get there. So the people with the GA passes can't go in that day. So this is like an alternative event for people who are already in town, but who don't have, you know, an industry pass. It's like come to Pleb Day. And so people can come. They can hang out at uh, at Miami Ironside and then they can check out the Bitcoin Grove and maybe, you know, show some support or spread the word or create some social media or, but the idea is just to try to build hype about Bitcoin Grove um, in part because maybe like the conference doesn't come back next year. So we want to try to get as much goodwill as possible. Like while we can. Conference not coming back next year. Well, we don't know that there's no guarantee that the conference is coming back next year. So if it doesn't, like if they decide to go to LA or New York or, or Colorado or, you know, wherever, like, or Austin, you know, like if they try to, if they decide to leave, then, um, then we won't have like this big Bitcoin conference happening in Miami anymore. And then we're just theoretically where something like, uh, like the, the Bitcoin vortex comes into play. So if you go to www.thebitcoinvortex.com, I have updated it with all of the upcoming, um, events that are being put on by South Florida Bitcoiners. So there's um, like Saturday, May 13th, we've got Broward County Bitcoiners. This is um, sun- Sunday. We've got Bitcoin brunch number so 104. In other words, next week you're going to be late. Uh, no, no, chill out, bro. <laughs> Just um, saying. We've got, uh, is that next week already? Oh my God, yeah. I'm not emotional. I'm ready fine for taking this. that week off. Because <laughs> Friday is when the new Zelda comes out. <laughs> okay, okay, motherfucker. Just saying. Um, Sunday, you know, we got Bitcoin Brush 104. Tuesday, May 16th, we have the Bitcoin cocktail party that's being thrown by Anna BTC at the Gale Hotel. That should be a really nice event. So people pick up tickets for that. 
Wednesday, we got um, Miami Bit Devs. This happened from 3 to 6 p.m. on Thursday. So, like I said earlier, we got Pleb Day happening at Bitcoin Grove. Sunday again, Bitcoin Brunch number 105. Damn, the conference is already this month? Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. Um, Bitcoin Brunch with the light. We're, ha- we're having a lightning market that day. And then uh, to close out the whole series, we got Bitcoin Pizza Day happening on Monday, May 22nd at Bitcoin Grove. So those are all the local events. Of course, there's a bunch of like non-local events that are happening locally during that time. Very cool. Yeah, that's a Bitcoin. I'll see if I could take off the um, 18th or 19th. Yeah, take off the 18th, bro, man. That's going to be pleb day. It should be a lot of fun. It should be just like a bunch of like, I could just imagine hundreds of people showing up at Ironside. And that'll be good. That'll be fun. (laughs) Yeah, I have a couple of, I I don't use my PTO much, but we're forced to use 24 days a year. So use it for something. Wow. You're forced to use 24 days of PTO. I mean, or else lose it. Who's going to fucking lose PTO? You know, my, like, man, my fucking job sucks sometimes when you, when I, when you tell me about your job and I'm like, and I compare the things that I have to do versus the things that you're probably doing, which are all just working on a telephone or on a computer. I'm not to say that that's like not a hard thing to do, but like, I'm, you know, there's no physical labor. Yeah. Like I'm doing physical labor and I, and I, and I get a week of PTO in my first year. You know, like, okay. Anyway, so keep going. I mean, most of my jobs that I worked at are, were like that. What would you describe? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you get your sixth time and then you get PTO, but what was the point of that? Um, Cause we're talking about day. you possibly taking a day off to do like, Oh yeah. Day. Right now all I have lined up is like concerts. I'm going to go see The Smile, which is basically Radiohead minus like half the band. Just Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, and on the drums, they have some guy named Tom Skinner. Oh, I don't know who that is. Let's find out. An English drummer, percussionist, and record <laughs> producer. Sons of Kermit. Never heard of it. Anyway, so pretty cool. The Smile was, I, I watched a couple of videos and it's pretty good. So they're coming to somewhere, I think the Night Center. So if Corey bails, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. I feel like Corey's going to bail. I feel <laughs> it. Like a beacon. It's coming. I'm, I'm not even going to touch that conversation. 100 bucks though. Oh, these tickets went up like crazy. I tried buying them right when they came out. Yeah. I couldn't get like the best tickets, but I still got, uh, you know, I missed out on the GA. Where is it being held? In the Night Center. Downtown. That's a nice venue. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be seats and not GA. Uh huh. I the, love sitting. The, the tickets have already fucking tripled in price. On where? Hmm. On where? Uh, you know these fucking. I guess these little venues. June twenty ninth. Yeah. Little venues. Anyway, so and then I'm also gonna go see Men I Trust, which is a um, like a <sighs> indie in the independent sense band that I really enjoy. I've seen him. I've seen him before, and I recommend him to anybody. Great show music. What was the name of the band again? Men I Trust. Men I Trust. Okay, that's it's, interesting. They're from Canada. Beautiful singer, um, basses and a drummer. Fucking fantastic. Hey, what was the URL for our for our website? Like, SaturdayNightLit.com. We... Oh, it's down right now. I'll have to check that was out it there. ever up? Wasn't it? Didn't we used to have like a basic player? 
There was a player somewhere. You mean Danny Loops, whatever that Maybe thing was. Maybe it was Danny yeah. Loops. Yeah, we'd have to go look for that link. Yeah, it is dannyloops.com. It's just straight up dannyloops.com? I just went to it. Danny Loops. What the fuck is dannyloops.com? <clears throat> well, I wanted to read an excerpt of an excerpt. An excerpt of an excerpt of what? Uh, from Watchmen. Did you ever read this? Of course I read Watchmen. I'm a huge... Um, well, if you remember, after each chapter, or I guess after each issue, because that's probably how it originally came out, um, they had um, an excerpt of something, whether it was you know one of the characters' um, autobiographies, whether it was an excerpt of like an article. Yeah, I do recall... And I've just been rereading Watchmen, and I really enjoyed this thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read part of it. I feel like it's still relevant today. I mean, you know, this is like 80s when this came out or so. And Vietnam War was still fresh in people's minds and everything. But let's try this cold read. Take this fucking candy out of my mouth. Can you give us any context? Like... <laughs> I don't know. Can I? Because I mean, I don't know. Like you're about to just cold read into something. I mean, do we need to know anything before you start reading this? Not really. Okay, go. Like, for like, it. like I said, this is from like the <laughs> '80s. Um, war is still fresh on people's minds. Cold like, War. The Cold War. Yeah. War with Russia and everything. Not war with Russia, but potential war with Russia. Yeah. All right. For those of us who delight in such things. The 20th century has, in its unfolding, presented mankind with an array of behavioral paradoxes and moral conundrums, hitherto unimagined and perhaps unimaginable. Science, the traditional enemy of mysticism and religion, has taken on a growing understanding that the model of the universe, suggested by quantum physics, differs very little from the universe that Taoists and other mystics have existed in for centuries. Large numbers of young people raised in rigidly structured and industrially oriented cultures violently reject industrialism and seek instead some modified version of the agricultural lifestyle that their forebearers debatably enjoyed, including extended communal families and, and in some instances, a barter economy in miniature. Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, children starve while boots costing many thousands of dollars leave their mark upon the surface of the moon. We have labored long to build a heaven only to find it populated with horrors. This is my favorite line. Uh, it is the oldest of ironies that are still the most satisfying. Man, when preparing for bloody war, will orate loudly and most eloquently in the name of peace. This dichotomy is not an invention of the 20th century, yet it is in this century that the most striking examples of the phenomena have appeared. Never before has man pursued global har harmony more vocally while amassing stockpiles of weapons so devastating in their effect. The Second World War, we were told, was the war to end wars. The development of the atomic bomb is the weapon to end wars. And yet, wars continue. Currently, no nation on this planet is not involved in some form of armed struggle, if not against its neighbors, then against internal forces. Furthermore, as ever-escalating amounts of money are poured into the pursuit of the, of the specific weapon or conflict that will bring lasting peace, the drain on our economies creates a rundown urban landscape where crime flourishes and people are concerned less with national security than with the simple personal security needed to stop in the store late at night 
or a quart of milk without being mugged. The places we struggled so viciously to keep safe are becoming increasingly dangerous. The wars to end wars, the weapons to end wars, these things have failed us. <laughs> that's it. That's a great, that's a great uh, excerpt. And then it leads into uh, Dr. Manhattan, who is <laughs> the man to end wars, but... Uh-huh. Of course it? he doesn't. Because <laughs> I mean, that's a whole different topic. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's so fascinating that in these times, you know, with the war in Ukraine going on and with the United States sort of pushing for escalation with China. And it's always, you know, in the name of national security. Right. And there's a, and I mean, and it is a, it's a, it is the oldest of irony. You know, I mean, it's uh, like if, if the United States and Europe hadn't, given Ukraine a bunch of weapons, like that war would be over by now. It's not to say that I'm, I would be satisfied or that I, I would think legitimate the result of that war, but it's, just sim- it's simple logistics, right? Like if, if they don't have any weapons, if they don't have any bullets or bombs, if they don't have any food, you know, you have to stop fighting because you just, you die. <laughs> so, you know, so like if we really wanted peace in the sense of ending the war then what we should have done was not you know like try to escalate it yeah we shouldn't (laughs) have like you know decided that we were going to defend or uh, we were going to subsidize the defense of ukraine at all costs and that's that's the imperative word or phrase right there all costs and that's exactly what they're talking about in that quote right is that we've we're dumping all of this money into what's very destructive. I mean, it's kind of like the broken window fallacy. Are you familiar with the broken window fallacy? I mean, it's, um, so there's like a, an, an economic narrative that's presented as a fallacy. So they say, you know, um, someone threw a rock into the baker's window, you know, you know the storefront window where, you know, he would display all of the, the stuff that he had baked. And, and so the mayor comes and looks at it and he's like, oh, but this is great because now this baker has to hire, uh, you know, like a window maker and the window maker has to hire a manufacturer of glass and the manufacturer of glass has to hire a manufacturer of um, silica and, you know, and such and so on. So this is wonderful. You know, it's great. It's fantastic. You know, like, fuck that baker. <laughs> and that's really what's the truth is, is though, like, no, that's not it's not actually good that this baker's window got broken because yes, all those things are true. If the baker wants to go back to normal life, he's going to have to fix that window. But if the window had not been broken, the baker could have used the money that he would therefore use on fixing the window on anything else. You know, like he could have used it for what he would have normally been using the money for. So maybe, um, you know, maybe he pays his bills that way. Maybe he donates to charity. Maybe he sends money back to his family. There's like, you know, whatever the guy does, he is now going to have to do the cost of a window less of what he normally does. And so this is the broken window fallacy is that it's easy for us to think that by breaking things, we're creating economic activity. But what we're really doing is we are, we are Um, redistributing economic activity from what they normally would have been to now trying to make up for the stuff that's broken. So we've actually, like the window had a value already. It was already valuable. It was 
blocking, you know, the outside from the inside of the store. It served its purpose. And then by breaking it, we have now decreased the overall utility in society. So to bring it back to what the quote that you brought up, right? It's all I'm saying is that when, when we spend money on bombs, on air conditioners for people, you know, for our soldiers to be in the middle of the desert, like this is all just wasting money on what, yes, there are people getting rich off this spending of money, but yeah, I think it's, the, the, expense. Re- re- it's the redistribution part that's important there. Yeah, because the money's being redistributed from society in general to specifically the military industrial complex. You know, so all of these military subcontractors and all these, you know, et cetera. Or if you want to look at a different context, like a social context, it'll be redistributed to um, people doing DEI um, courses at like a giant company or something like that. You it's know? a DEI course. Uh, diversity, what is it? Diversity, ec- ec- I want to say exclusion. Ec- ec- uh, ec- oh, crap. Equity. Equity, Diversity, and, equity, equity, inclusion. inclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, we're so jaded by this stuff at this point. It's nuts. Like I'm watching a TV show and it's pretty entertaining. It's called The Power. It's extremely entertaining, but it's just like the most contemporary drivel possible. Um, women develop like electrical powers so they can like generate electricity and so it causes like an imbalance in, you know, the social fabric because now men are feeling insecure that women can just like zap them. And it's... Uh, That's hilarious. It's very entertaining. But, you know, like some of these shows are so... You can just tell they're trying so hard to be woke and to virtue signal and to like just show how inclusive they are. Like. But you couldn't like maybe try a little harder to write a better script. I mean, it's like it's like anything else, I guess. Like like popular music, as long as you're covering like certain things, the music will sell no matter what. Yeah. So as long as the artist is someone that people will aspire to be, then it doesn't matter what the music is, as long as it's catchy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need substance. Yeah, that's for sure. So you helped out at uh, Bitcoin Brunch number 100, which was the day after our last broadcast. And uh, that was a special event. You know, we had uh, Tatiana Moroz playing and uh, she did a nice little performance for us. And, you know, we got a bunch of uh, a bunch of people who don't normally come by who came to show their support for Bitcoin Brunch and to, you know, to remind us that they exist in the universe. So that was nice. I was very happy to do that. The week after Bitcoin Brunch number 100, I volunteered at this event called the Plywood Regatta. So when I was a kid, I was in the Boy Scouts and we have this event called the Rain Gutter Regatta where they would take like these rain gutters and I don't remember how long they were, if they were like 15 feet or 20 feet long and they would fill them with water and then all the Boy Scouts would have to build these little boats out of, I think like, I don't remember if it was like wood or I don't remember what it was, but you had to build these like little sailboats and then you'd have to like blow on the sail to try to get it to, to sail down the rain gutter. Um, and so the plywood regatta was middle schoolers and high schoolers building boats out of plywood for two of the students to sit in 
and paddle in a race against other teams that were also building boats. So on the Saturday, I was I volunteered as a mentor. So I was like guiding and mm. giving advice. And did you just laugh? <laughs> Bastard. I was imagining you as a mentor. It's a nice, it's a nice <laughs> image in my head, but it's also funny. It was funny. It was definitely funny. Um, so I had a team of middle school girls and they were smart girls. They were hardworking and focused girls. They built a very uh, interesting boat. Um, I had no idea how it was going to go, but on Sunday they had the races and my team came first in the beginner division. Woo! They won that division and then they came in third place overall. There were three divisions. So for, you know, for the beginners to win third place overall, that was pretty, uh, that made me pretty proud. And uh, at, after the regular races, they had a special race where the mentors would race with one of the students. Nice. And so like I got in the boat, <laughs> I, got a, I got in the boat and like probably... We were we were like forty percent through the race when the boat just tipped over and <laughs> and me and the girl I was racing with got soaking wet and uh, you know I felt bad and I I didn't feel that bad I mean I had a good time and I had a good laugh out of it the like the little canal or whatever that we fell into was pretty nasty so like I I wonder if I got an infection from that yeah so <laughs> I mean you know I walk the dogs every fucking day. Like five miles a day, six miles between the two dogs. So I always go by the canal. And one day, Duncan has never wanted to do this, but suddenly he really wanted to go into the water. He was like edging and edging to go into the water. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this dog? He's never had this, this, you know, this, um, he's never shown such interest in the fucking canal. So we got super close. I sat, you know, but I had him go close enough to just look at it, but not really go in. I'm like, I don't really want him going in there, you know? And all the ducks. Anyway, next day, literally the next day, giant signs are put along the entire canal. I have the picture somewhere. Basically, danger, danger. Do not swim. Do not fish. Contaminated water. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, no. I'm like, What? I've never seen this before and I've, you know, lived here forever. So I don't know what happened or maybe the, like the, the coli or whatever levels are too high or something. Well, your dog's still alive, so I'm guessing they didn't get sick. Wait, is he breathing? Yeah, he's breathing. Okay. <laughs> he was breathing when he was jumping all over me earlier. <laughs> That's how he says hello. Yeah, you know, and I, I like it when he says hello. It's, uh... It's a pleasant experience. So, I mean, like, do you think, like, could your dog smell the, the E. coli in the water? Like what? Like I didn't really. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I literally don't know, but it's just so weird that he never shows interest going in the water. And then the day he does, the next day these signs go up. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? Probably. Serious though. Indeed. So here at Saturday Night Lit, we like to ask, which came first? <laughs> the chicken or the egg recipe? Chicken or the egg recipe. I just got my uh, hardcover edition of Too Many Eggs, TooManyEggs.com. I got to guess it's going to be the, the, the egg recipe came first. 
Like before humans domesticated chickens, they probably would steal eggs from animals that laid eggs. So you're saying then it wouldn't have been the chicken then? Yeah, I'm saying it would have been the egg first. But then wouldn't the chicken create a different... So I guess not necessarily a chicken egg, it's just an yeah, egg. It's, not, it's the okay, recipe. Okay. I'm talking about the recipe. Okay, okay. The egg also came first. <laughs> In between the chicken and the well, egg. Well, this is a collection of over 800 recipes and their fascinating history. So this is written by Mimi Smith Dvorak. That's the wife of John C. Dvorak, who... Uh, who's a co-host of the No Agenda show, which we both listen to, the best podcast in the universe. Oh, she signed it. Nice. And this is like a fat um, hardcover book, like nice, high quality. And, you know, I mean, like my apologies to all the vegans listening, but I like me some eggs. I love me. I have at Mm. least two to three eggs a day. Eggs are fantastic. So, you know, I think a book full of egg recipes is just a fantastic thing. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get through all these, but... I mean, I don't know if you'd get through all of them, but like, you know, just like maybe one or... Maybe I could try once, one a week, so I could have one for the show. Yeah, like you should you should just pick a random page and uh, see if there's a good recipe on it. All right, so this is the Akuri East Asian Scramble. Four eggs whisked, one half cup of chopped onion, one small tomato, one inch piece of peeled ginger root, two cloves of garlic, one tablespoon of oil. Peel a one-inch piece of French ginger, cut into small chunks, and put it into the food processor or blender. Add two cloves, peeled garlic, and blend with ginger. Add quarter cup chopped onion to the paste. Set aside. Dice tomato finely. In skillet, heat oil and fry one half, no sorry, one quarter cupped, one quarter cup chopped onion until lightly browned, stirring constantly. Add ginger, garlic, onion paste, and chopped tomato. Until and stir until evenly distributed. Turn heat to low and add the whisked eggs. Let eggs curdle before pushing from outer edges to center of pan. Oh, that's interesting. Remove from heat when eggs are moist but not wet. This is very good served with a filling. Ooh, as a filling for pita bread with spouts, sprouts, chopped lettuce, and a <laughs> hot sauce such as Tabasco. And this sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's nice. All right, Mimi, you got me. Very nice, very nice. Anyway. Out of gas? I mean, not necessarily, you know, just... uh, need to go to Costco. Shit. <laughs> I, just, I slept so much today. Oh, my God. I slept a lot today as well. Jeez. Saturdays Christ. have been like my napping day. Like last Saturday, I napped like half the day. And this Saturday also, it was just, you know, because I hadn't had any Saturdays off in a long time. Mm. It's been like busy, like doing stuff on Saturdays. I slept like eight hours, nine hours, no, eight hours last night. And when I got home from shopping and stuff, passed right back out for another two or three hours. <laughs> Jeez. I'm so you know, um, yeah, you made me realize that uh, the, the conference week is starting next week. So that's kind of freaking me out um so on that monday i have an abyc training like just uh you know so the abyc is going to be doing a little update on you know marine standards new technology maybe like i don't know there's a few interesting things and then uh i'm, I'm working monday i'm working tuesday i'm working wednesday but i'm taking thursday and friday off so because i already took 
Thursday off. That's why I suggested to Mars that we do the pleb day like during the day. He wanted to do it at night, and I'm like, let's do it during the day. Yeah, but parties. Well, I mean, people are gonna leave at night anyway, so do their own thing. Yeah, exactly. Like that's like there's already events going on at night, and it's gonna be hard to compete with like the quality or the gravity, you know, like the social gravity of the other events going on at night. So to me, it just seemed like a really good way to throw an event that is sure to get a lot of attention because it's like we we got emails from a bunch of like like crypto journalists trying to get tickets because we only we only released 20 tickets <laughs> because like i said like the 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 bitcoin grove is not very big you know so i don't want to like i don't want us to to register 100 tickets but then only be able to fit like 30 people in the space so you know we have few tickets you know like we, we did 20 tickets and then we have on the info like just come anyway you know so we're telling people to just come anyway uh and then, you know, I even made this video. So I went there today and like I, I took a video of... You said crypto journalists. <laughs> don't get me started. I mean, <laughs> don't even get me started. Like cryptos. <laughs> like the friend of the Libjo, the crypto. <laughs> like this this woman was like, oh, you know, I've been an, uh, a crypto entrepreneur. And like I didn't even respond to that email. I'm like, I'm not like, you obviously don't get it. If you're emailing me telling me that you're crypto anything like no like this is bitcoin brunch <laughs> uh so yeah so i figure what we're probably gonna do is it's okay so i went there today and i filmed ironside like with the purpose of like showing how much seating how many seating areas there are you know so i'm like look like look like if there's no space in bitcoin grove you guys can sit here you guys can sit here you guys can sit here you guys like there's tons of places to kind of just chill and hang around with other bitcoiners so just come anyway and then so it's going to be from 12 to 6 on next not next thursday but the next next thursday um and we can do like a bunch of tours then so like maybe we could do like tours for groups of five or ten people tours yeah, basically, like, come in for five minutes and get the fuck out. Oh, of the party? Yeah, of the of a Bitcoin Grove. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I won't comment. <laughs> I mean, you can go ahead and comment. It's just like, you know, because if, if, if it's not big enough for everyone to hang out inside of it, then it's just, like, maybe easier to just, like, kind of let them come and look around. And Well, I'm guessing Bitcoin Grove is all really dressed up now, then. No. Uh, it's completely empty at this point. So they're just gonna you're gonna have a tour of an empty room <laughs> full of people. No, so we've got a week and a half to like turn this from nothing to something. So Jesus if anyone listening to this, which means two people, and it's gonna be it's gonna be uploaded way after the event happens. So uh, if anyone has any free furniture they want to donate to Bitcoin Grove, you're more than welcome to. We will take it. We could take Whoa. couches, tables, desks, chairs, uh, picture frames, pictures, um, like knickknacks, uh, paperweights, that kind of stuff. Well, in that light, we should probably end the podcast now and upload everything. Okay, sounds good to me. Uh, quickly, I'm going to give a review of a movie I saw. Oh, okay, okay. Um, do you know about uh, Ghibli Fest? Um, no, I mean, is it a celebration of Studio Ghibli? Right. Okay. So it's um, literally all the old films back in, in theaters. They've been doing this for years. Like, uh -huh. It was already the third year, I think, or fourth year. Oh, is this why I saw a bunch of like listings for them in theaters? Probably, yeah. 
So that's something that like like, like uh, what, what we've always done is like go see the the old movies. Like, watch the movies again and again. They're great. But this year was special. They included. Do you remember the movie Spirited Away? Of course. So at some point in Japan, there was oh, here you go. Filmed during its acclaimed 2022 run at Tokyo's historic Imperial Theater. It's a, a stage adaptation of the movie. What? Really fucking good. Like awesome. It's like a play. Yeah, so it was a, vi- a movie of the play, a video of the play. But, oh, man, I mean, high production value. And it was shown in theaters? Mm-hmm. Like last week or oh, two weeks ago. I wonder if I can get a copy of that. Eventually, yeah. I mean, I would say they're going to put it out there. But I just got to say, like, the set design, everything, the characters. Oh, man, it was so good. <laughs> so I haven't seen that movie in years since, the, when, since I first saw it, like, whatever. But it was just really, really well done. So if you have the chance to see it or download it or whatever the case is, I highly recommend it. Spirited Away. Live on stage. Sounds good to me. Well, it was directed by Tony Award winner John Carriage. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Le. If you want to be a fucking French asshole, le. I don't know. <laughs> I don't speak French, I so I don't know. know. I, don't I don't know if I want to be a French asshole. I don't know if that. Well, I'm saying like I don't know if that's like, like le like is le l e s or is it l e? They're both the same. Are so they? if there's a vowel in the next word, then you pronounce the s, so it extends. But if not, if the next word starts with a consonant, then it's just le. Okay, I guess it is the same then. Took a little bit of French in college. I did too, but I don't remember any of it. <laughs> uh, the difference between us, chimp. That's I, the difference between us. Well, I remember that and the cute girls that, that, that sat next to me. But <laughs> with that, bid you all a good evening. This has been Saturday Night Lit. Catch you soon. Mumps of I can't remember Florida. Saturday in French. <laughs> Damn it. I remember Samedi is... Yeah, it's gotta be snow. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it!